verse that represents this year's, what's it called? Theme. Theme. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in the heavens and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have, and may you have God's, and may you have the power to understand, and all God's people should, how wide, how long, and how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fulfillness of life and power that comes from God. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can be here this morning and we can worship and praise you. We can talk to you. We can hear from you in your word, which we're doing right now. We can sing praise. And thank you for all these cadets who are leading us in worship, uh, showing, us, showing us the joy that they have in, in following you and in being part of your family as well. So Lord, we pray that this time will shape us and form us more and more into who you're calling us to be. And I pray that the words which will be spoken next, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. I pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hey, thank you, cadets. You're doing a great job so far in leading us in worship. Uh, I love your enthusiasm, and I always love how you end the code by shouting out cheerful. And I know everybody else appreciated that too. They thought that was pretty cool. You could hear all the smiles and, and the chuckles as they did. So, so thank you. I'm really glad. And it has been so much fun learning with you this year as well. Going through that code has been uh, really neat. Even though some of you yeah, kind of fool around a little bit. But thank goodness there's enough counselors there to kind of keep you under control while the teachers are teaching. And it's reminding us what we have to do and who we need to be to live for Jesus. And Paul, he writes this letter that these verses came from, and he wants the same thing. He's praying to God that, that our Father will make our, our hearts and our souls strong through the Holy Spirit so that Jesus can live in our hearts, so that the Holy Spirit can be in our hearts. And we can't live the way a cadet should, the way that Paul says, all by ourselves. We, we need the Holy Spirit to, to kind of remind us of who Jesus is and reminding us of all the things that Jesus taught us as well. Reminding us that a cadet is reverent, a cadet is obedient and compassionate, that he's consecrated, trustworthy, pure, grateful, loyal, and industrious, and cheerful. I love studying the cadet code with you. You guys are much less shy in the cadet room than you are up here. And I learn a lot from you what all these words meant as well, especially what they meant to you, so that we can live for Jesus together. Paul wants us to be rooted and established or grounded in love. So 
I'm glad that Counselor Andrew brought that plant, and I got one too, and I'll get to that one in just a bit. Because we need good roots. We need strong roots to be strong. Paul reminds me of when I was growing up on my uncle's farms and, and my parents' huge garden that I hated weeding, but we got lots of food out of it. And how important uh, it was to know all this stuff when I worked as a landscaper when I was a little bit older. I was taught when I was about your age already how important the soil is for growing plants. And because my uncles had farms, they would bring some manure for our garden and then we'd have to either plow it in or if they were too busy, we had to shovel and rake it in. That was a lot more work than I like doing, especially if the manure was a little fresher and smelt a little bit bad. But we still sometimes had to add some different fertilizer because some, special, some plants need different things than other plants do. And it's just like us. We're all different. So sometimes one thing will help us to be more like Jesus, and sometimes another thing will help somebody else be more like Jesus. But that's why we do this together, because we can learn from each, each other as well. And that's why Paul prays that our hearts will be rooted and grounded in love so that we'll go strong in our faith. We'll go strong in our relationship with, uh, with God. Because at the root of it all is love. Love for God and, and love for each other. So good roots help plants grow good fruit. It's the same with us. If our spiritual roots are strong, we'll be healthy followers of Jesus, becoming more like Jesus. So what are some of the things that help us grow as Christians? What do you guys think? The Bible? Yep. Praying? Yep. Are there other things? Going to church? Worshiping God? Our family? You guys got some great, great answers there. Grandmas and grandpas, yeah. And that's why we have cadets as well. And that's why the counselors want to be part of cadets because they want to help you grow, but they also want to grow themselves because, you know what? We learn a lot from you. We learn a lot from how you are trying to follow Jesus, and that gives us encouragement to follow Jesus and be more like him, too. So Paul tells us that we need to grow the fruit of the Spirit in us. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, forbearance, that's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what did Paul start off with? What was the first part of the fruit? Do you remember? He started it off with love. I thought that was really important for me. Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 7 and Matthew 12 that good trees make good fruit and good works and good deeds show that their hearts are good and they're producing good fruit. The good works and the good deeds, they don't save us from our sins or they come from the work of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, guiding us to be more like Jesus, showing that we're rooted in the love of God. And that love is really important because, you know, the Bible, 
Bible tells us that God is love. And if we're rooted in that love, that means we'll become more and more like him. And when we look at scripture, the word that's translated as good means that it's means that it's pleasing to God. And that's why we want to have good fruit. That's why we do good deeds and do good works. Because we know that God is happy when we do those things. And love is that foundation of our relationship with God. Jesus talks a lot about love. And he says, you know what? All those Ten Commandments and all those other rules that we have to follow, they can be kind of brought down to two things. Do you know what those two things are? Those two rules, he says, that cover all the other ones? Congregation, feel free to jump on in and help them. Love God. Love God. And your neighbor. And to love your neighbor as yourself. That's powerful that Jesus tells us that these are the two most important commandments and they cover everything else. And then Jesus goes even further. Jesus says we have to love our enemies and those who persecute us. So have any of you guys ever been bullied by somebody? Yeah, I see some of your heads shaking. And I know I, had, I was bullied somewhat when I was in school as well. Because my family was a little different and I was too. And you know what, back then, there ain't no way that I love those people who are, who are bullying me. That was really, really hard. And I remember in cadets one time, and we were talking about loving our enemies, and everybody was talking about, you know, loving all these people, you know, who are doing horrible, horrible things. And some of them are saying, we're, we're doing those things to me and to some other kids. And I thought, oh, that's not fair. That's not right. It is really hard to love somebody that we don't like. Love somebody who's actually trying to tease us or hurt us. And yet Jesus says, you know, that's the kind of love that we need to learn. And Jesus shows us that love himself. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Because loving others can be really hard to do, Jesus told them a parable about how important it is to stay connected to him. In John 15, Jesus said, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So Jesus is talking about, you know, how we have to stay connected to him. 
And I was a landscaper for a while, and our, our favorite tools were, you know, tools like this. This is a pruner. And I got to work with a friend of mine, and we would do lots of pruning and stuff like that. So we would have parts of the flowers or the plants that, see, it's kind of dead. So you would snip it off. And we would do that in a whole garden. And then we would have to take them away. And our boss would then take them and he put them into burn piles. Now there's a lot on here, so I'm not going to do them all because I'm told I talk too much and I take too long anyway. But I did take one off before the church service. And this was a healthy one. And it reminded me of what Jesus is talking about. You have to stay connected to him. But it also reminded me of when I was working as a landscaper. I was with Andy Glenzie, and some of your parents and others here know him. He was a pastor in Wolf Creek Community Church. And we would work together because he knew what he was doing, and I was still learning what I was doing as a landscaper. And one day we were sent to a house, and the house was, was this amazing house, and it was beautiful, but the gardens were like super wild and overgrown, and they were choking each other, so the plants were starting to die, a lot of them. And on the side of the house was this beautiful English ivy, and it was covering the whole side of the house. So Andy said, well, I'm going to start working in the back and getting some stuff arranged there, and, and you can start by cleaning up the ivy and kind of cleaning up the flower bed that's there. So I worked all day. It was a big house, and there was a lot of ivy, and there was a lot of wildness and, and stuff, and got it all ready, and then we went home for the day, and then we came back the next day because we still had about two more days of work left. Well, we came back the next day, and the part of the house with the ivy, it was looking a little wilted, a little, little withered. And Andy said, ah, probably just the soil is really dry. So give it a good, good soaking. Remember, we need water to grow strong. And then that helps the roots will drink it up, and then it'll kind of liven everything up again. And then join me in the back, and then we got a whole lot of work to do there. So we worked all day after I had watered that, uh, that the flower bed there and all the ivy and sprayed it and everything else. And it took a long time because that's fun work. And then we worked all day, and then, yeah, at the end of the day, we came around the house, and that ivy was looking even worse. And it wasn't all the ivy, it was just this one area of ivy. And Andy kind of shook his head. And he said, okay, we're going to have to check to see why this ivy isn't so healthy. Maybe it's the roots, maybe it's something else. Well, we kind of started checking and everything else. And it wasn't long before Andy said, I see the problem. He said, somebody took a pair of pruners and cut in the wrong place. I accidentally cut the main vine. So then all the branches that came from the vine, they were all dying. Oops. 
the owner wasn't very happy. Andy wasn't very happy. And our boss wasn't very happy either. So what we had to do was we had to take all the dead vine and we had to slowly get it from all the other vine because as the vine would rot and as it would get all kind of yucky like this, it would also get slimy and it would then start to make the other vines sick as well. And then we had to plant a brand new one and then we just had to wait for that to grow. That's what Jesus is talking about. We need good roots because if the roots go bad, then we die too and we start to wither. But we also need to stay connected with Jesus because Jesus is the main vine and he's got deep, deep roots based in his love for us. And because he's part of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and they are love, if we stay connected to Jesus we'll become more and more like Jesus and we'll have good, strong roots too. If we allow things to cut us off from our connection to Jesus, our hearts and souls start to kind of wither away and they start to die. When we start withering as people, you know, it starts looking like we don't care about other people anymore. Maybe we'll start becoming bullies and we'll start picking on other kids who are different or weaker than we are. Or maybe we'll become angry or we'll become selfish and it's, I want everything for myself and I'm never going to share anything with anybody else because, you know what, it's all mine and it's all about me. So to be strong and healthy as cadets and as followers of Jesus, to do what is right and to do good works, we need to... Stay connected to Jesus, and then our roots grow in him. So if we're supposed to be rooted in love, we need to learn what love is and where to find that love. And the word Paul uses for love here is the Greek word agape. And agape is one of those, it means love, and it's also an attribute of God. So do you know what an attribute is? A characteristic, that's right. So when we say a cadet is reverent, obedient, compassionate, concentrated, consecrated, trustworthy, loyal, industrious, and cheerful, we're saying we want those to be our attributes, our characteristics. That's who we want to be. And when we say that agape love is an attribute of God, we're saying God is love, a key part of who he is what his nature is. It's a perfect description of God's relationship with us, but it's also supposed to be the kind of love that we show to each other as well in our relationships with God and with each other as cadets, but then also with the whole community. And that's why we do it together. We don't follow Jesus by ourselves because we need each other to keep encouraging and building each other up. And that's why love has been the essential characteristic of Christian discipleship and Christian ethics. And we learn about God's love just like you were saying, studying the Bible and the stories of God's relationship with his people right back to Adam and Eve and all the way to John's revelation in the last book of the Bible. And we quickly learn that even though we might turn away from following God and, and we might start listening to other voices instead of God's, 
he never gives up on us. And he keeps coming after us. And he'll come after us by, hey, maybe he's putting us in cadets. Or maybe he's making us a cadet counselor. Or maybe he's putting us in a church. Maybe he's, he's kind of working in our hearts and he's saying, talk to me, pray to me. And of course, the reading the Bible. But, but again, doing it all together in cadets with our families and in church. We see God's love in Jesus as he leaves heaven to become a person just like us. Can you imagine Jesus was the same age as all you guys are? And the Bible even says that he had to learn things too as he was growing up, just like we keep learning all the time as well. And then he grows up and he spends three years walking all over the place. And he's telling all kinds of people about who God is and who he is. And, and he invites them to join him in following God. And, and, then, and then he's like he's like a dear, dear friend. And he says, you know what? I'm going to take all that punishment for not listening to God. And I'm going to take it with me. And he goes to the cross. And he takes all the stuff that we do wrong on himself so that we can be forgiven and we can be rooted in his love even more. But Jesus doesn't stay in a grave after he dies. He's, he rises up and he talks with the disciples again and then he tells them to go and, and share this with everybody and to make disciples and, and to baptize them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also to teach them about God's love and get them rooted in God's love too. And he teaches us what a life of love looks like in places like the Sermon on the Mount and in Matthew and in Luke. But that's why he also says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And we keep Jesus' commandments because we trust in his love for us. That he wants us to be strong and faithful and become who God has created us to be. To be strong and filled with power. So when we grow our roots deep in love into Jesus' love, we learn how to love each other, even those who are kind of hard to love. And we begin to understand just how much Jesus loves us, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Jesus. And my biggest prayer is that you guys get to really know how much Jesus loves you and that that will help you to love others too. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you send Jesus and you've given us the Holy Spirit and your Bible and, and you've given us cadets and church and families and Lord, all these ways that we can learn more and more about how you love us, but also to help us get our roots deep in your love so we can be people who love you and love others. So Lord, we pray that this will settle deep in our hearts and souls and minds and shape us more and more into who you're calling us to be. Amen.